Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the Small Ball Podcast. We are live here on Instagram and on YouTube. So everything seems to be working properly, which was, I'm going to just tell you, me and Chancey spent a lot of time last night working on this, and uh, it seems to be working okay right now. We've got Chancey Rogers here with me. We are your hosts of this show. Uh, I'm Charlie Rogers. No He freeze? He froze. Okay. Charlie, you froze. <laughs> All that. He got some great guests for you. There, there we go. Now you're working. You were froze for about 30. <laughs> okay. So, uh, we got Chancey Rogers with us, I Dominique like Griffith, Chris Rayburn, and Donovan Shiles with us uh, today. I'll let Chancey go ahead and introduce yourself since this is episode one. Uh, Chancey, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of your background and why you wanted to do this. Um, well, I'm Chancey Rogers, owner of Bull Baseball Club. Um, we're we're in our fifth year as an organization, and uh, uh, we've got 16 youth teams, South Mississippi, and uh, we, we do a lot of stuff, baseball, youth baseball, and uh, – just having conversations with parents and coaches and people involved with the game, um, you know, and everybody does podcasts. So I didn't want to be the guy without a podcast. So now we got one. Uh, I've got enough friends uh, that that'd be awesome on here. We've got several of them today and uh, you know, this is going to be fun to be able to share opinions and, and uh, see different uh, perspectives out there on, on what we do, what they do and what works, what don't work. And, uh, I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. We'll see what happens. I agree. And I'm Charlie Rogers. I'm just, uh, man, I'm really a football guy who was kind of dragged into the baseball world with my son. And that's how we came into contact with all of these guys. My son is an 11U ball player for Bull Baseball Club, which is owned and operated by Chancey Rogers, Bull Baseball and uh, Defenders Academy. And uh, then we have kind of come in contact with all these guys you see down here on the screen, these instructors, and um, and I'm a like I said, I'm a football guy. I do radio here in Hattiesburg, and I just kind of love doing this stuff. I did a coaches show, a live coaches show for about six years, six seven years uh, for Hattiesburg High School, and uh, I just really love doing this kind of thing. And so I'm excited about this. And we've got, like we said, three instructors today who are going to kind of give you a rundown of uh, what we do. You know preseason wise to get ready for the baseball season. And I know Chris Rayburn, he's got some. Froze. I ain't got that. <laughs> going on right now with you and kind of what. Do you lose him? I lost him. I ain't got him. Yeah. Lost you, Charlie. Yeah. I don't know what's happening with the with the. Just, I mean, maybe. Uh, I see Matt Ward on here. On uh, he's on YouTube. I just threw it on the coach's page. But I know what he's asking you, so you can hear me, Raven. I can hear yeah. you good. Uh, uh, he we're just so the the topic of today's podcast is about preparing for the season, and uh, he knows you as a pitching instructor that uh, you do a lot of pitching lessons and group sessions and. Uh, and a lot of bullpens going on. So just kind of talk about um, what, what what you got youth kids doing and high school kids doing to prep them for the upcoming season. Uh, basically, you know, most people know it's a marathon, not a sprint. Everybody wants to throw hard. That's, that's the thing you got to get over with these kids. They want to throw hard. And, you know, when you first get back out here, the first day you throw, your arm feels great. You know what I mean? But – that's the last time it's going to feel that way for a few weeks or a month or so, depending on your age and how you develop and all until it gets to feeling that way again. But, uh, it's just, it's just a process, you know, making sure like kids when they warm up and we talked about this this past weekend at club training, just taking the warm up process seriously, you know, being your footwork, being in line, you know, sticking your finish, throwing it through your partner, having a, you know, picking a spot to throw through, you know, and then working back, you know, working up a good sweat and then work it back in, you know, and stuff like that. And it's just, uh, 
it's more throwing versus less pitching, in my opinion. You know, early in the, early before the season starts, you know, kids want to pitch. They want to do more pitching off the mound when they really need to be long tossing every day. They're not on that mound, you know, mm-hmm. when their arm fills up to it. And that's what kids don't do enough of. To me, it's not enough of the long tossing and not enough of the core work, the band work that goes along with that that's going to help that arm, you know, maintain and sustained throughout the spring season and summer because the kids these days we played 15 games in all-stars Kicked us all out that time. We yeah. went, got, we yeah. went flying, buddy. We're, we're all coming back. Looks like Charlie's getting everybody. It's all right, man. Like Matt Ward, like Matt Ward. Shout out to Matt Ward. He said it's the best car line ride ever, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, all right, bro. we are. We're we're back live. We're, right, we're, we're back live. Get better at it, but uh, Raven hit some good points. That's exactly kind of what I wanted to see what what um, what he was doing with with his kids, and you know, uh, just just seeing our organization and what we try to push. Same thing, you know. Uh, we have Coach Rayburn uh, just to kind of give him some uh, some reference of who he is. If you don't know who he is, uh, Chris Rayburn, me and him actually played against each other and. and College. He was at Meridian. I was at Jones. Uh, he signed with Ole Miss, but ended up uh, taking a few dollars with the Padres and, and and playing a little minor league with the San Diego Padres. And now he's been doing pitching lessons for a long, long time around our area. Uh, so he sees a lot of kids year after year. We always use him um, for our events, and and he does private lessons with a lot of our kids. But you know, when I when I see a big group of these kids. Um, I'm the same way, Raven. They, I don't think they throw enough. You know, a lot of people worry about uh, arms getting hurt and stuff, and and I think that's one reason they don't throw enough. You know, they baby, they baby those arms too much. Well, the Dominican, they they really don't talk about that. They just go, you know. And uh, a lot of times we take too much time off and then expect them. The problem with travel ball, we expect them to go win a game when they're not ready. You know? and, uh, that's a good point. They need to be throwing right now. Exactly. That's exactly right. Well, that, like you said, I, like I called them the reset generation at the camp last week. You know, they start getting beat on their game. They hit reset. You know, they can start it over. You know, they're, they're, they got too many other things they can do other than that. That's all we had growing up, you know, but they need to, you know, some of that can fall on the parents, but also how much does a kid love the game? You know what I mean? Those kids that love it and got those big hearts and, and got some grit about them and they really want it, then those are the kids that are going to surpass those those other ones that, that have the talent that comes easy to them and don't have to put in that work right now. But when the, in the future, when it's time, you know, they won't catch back up. You know, and that's the main thing, you know, and like I go to these practices and it's a, I like doing some of these team practices. Like I go help all your teams, the Bulls teams, like I'll go to their practice. It's cheaper for the parents I'm working with all the kids. I got groups of two or three at a time. And they and like I tell them, y'all learn from each other when you're not pitching. Watch the other guy. Watch what I'm saying to him. Watch what he's doing wrong or right. That way, maybe you can learn something, you know, before you go. You know, so you know, I ain't got to repeat myself a hundred times. You know how it goes. But, I mean, it just, it's different for different. That that was the more difficult thing for me at the very start. Of the start was just different. You had having to dummy it down a little bit for the younger kids and then re- regular baseball language we speak these days for the older kids, you know. Mm-hmm. You just got that once, once you got that down after the first, you know, six months or so, then, then it's just – going through it you know this is all all i've ever done man every dollar i've ever made has been off baseball so that's all i want to do can't get enough of it even if i try to get away from it i couldn't but uh, uh, Chris, i know i know kid pitch starts uh around nine u but what age do you think kids can kind of start getting into that and start throwing some pitching some to, to me that's good at eight u 
by by the after their fall of eight U, I think by that January, I think they should start. I mean, not it. They don't have to go every week, but they should start. You know, learning the delivery, coming set. You know, things like that, and just learning how to go through go throw the ball the right way. You know, because to me, you know, if they just start going out there with their dad or someone, not saying their dads don't know anything, but you know, if they go out there with their dad and throw whatever. And once they start doing it for so long, you know, they might, they're going to develop a few bad habits. And then you're going to have to kind of get those out, you know, within the next six months before their season starts in the fall. When and they're they, not, they see them every day. They see them every day. So they get used to how they throw and they don't yep. see the bad mechanics. Exactly. I see, look, when I walk around, when my, our teams are warming up, that's, I get frustrated because I'm like, guys, I've been shown, but what happens is they just go out there and, not taking it serious and, and 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 not also not stretching and moving and warming up. They come out there stiff, so they throw stiff also. So having an instructor or having just somebody, it don't have to be an instructor. You know, uh, uh, I am going to plug Rayburn, uh, uh, but but you can you can any coach any coach should be saying, hey, make sure you, you're you're working on your throwing delivery, not just throwing, not just playing catch. Exactly. What uh for yeah. Chris, what what should a dad be looking for in an instructor? If they want to start their kid doing pitching lessons, what are some things that they need to kind of make sure that that instructor knows and is looking for with their kid? Honestly, at the younger ages, more than even coaching the pitching aspect, to me that's the easy part. It's the mind, you know, 90% of it's up top. It's coaching confidence, you know, creating confidence, uh, self-esteem. That way when they go into their season, you know, they're ready mentally. Even if they're not ready, they think they are. You know, it's all a mind game. Sometimes you got to throw them a little false confidence, you know what I mean? It's whatever it takes to get that kid to get to his level, you know what I mean? Because if they love it and they're truly putting in the work, you know, they're going to be fine. So many kids just want to throw the ball so hard. That's my biggest problem. You're either going to throw harder or not. But I don't care if you throw 95 or 65. If you don't throw strikes, you're not pitching. You know what I mean? And that's that's what they got to understand at these young ages. That's all. That's what I get tired of hearing is nine-year-olds saying how hard they throw. That that really that kind of gets me. You know what I mean? Like, what does it matter? What's it matter? Was it a strike? Like, did you get the kid out? You know what and I mean? Never and that's what I'm about. Like, you know, you got some pitching coaches that are strikeout oriented. You got ground ball oriented guys. I'm about an out quick as possible. Quick, soft contact, strike out, whatever it takes. If I can get you, if I can get two outs and three pitches, we're rolling. You know, that, that gets me going. You know, gets our team going. We're on our toes. We get, we hit better. You know what I mean? It's just, it all goes, it all goes in hand. But pitchers like, about velocity at those younger ages. I probably it's either going to come or it's not. Charlie, I know Rayburn's got a um, uh, pitching lesson right here, uh, right now. So he, he's uh, he's got to leave us sooner. So uh, we get his questions out of the way. Uh, yeah, and we'll we'll roll in with Donovan and and uh, Dominique and kind of start talking about the same thing on their end. Yeah, so Chris, what, um, you know, one common question that I know you get and I know Chancey gets and Donovan and Dom and everybody is when it comes to pitching, when do you start throwing off-speed stuff? So what what uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I know it's fastball, fastball, but I mean, when do you start doing that kind of stuff? I mean, to me, honestly, I wouldn't – if it was my kid, we wouldn't start throwing, like, sliders and stuff like that probably until 13, 14, probably till around pu after puberty, you know, honestly. And, uh, but I mean, there's, at the younger ages, they can get different fastball grips and throw something that moves. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what I do with them. You just tell them, Hey man, here's a slider, throw it, you know, and it's really not, they're just getting the grip and they believe it is. And that's all it, just put that in their head and they're good to go. I'll, you know? I'll, call, I'll call it the uncle Rayburn cutter. Yeah, don't they go on that cutter, man? It moves a little bit, you know, but it's a, but the key is it's slower. And in something six, seven miles an hour slower at forty six feet, them kids can't make that adjustment. You know what I mean? And it makes them. I'll say this that that no seam that no seam pitch that you got all those kids throwing. Everybody oh, when a coach sees the kid throwing that, they say you learned that from Rayburn, didn't you? That, yeah, that's nasty. That's a nasty pitch too. 
<laughs> and that's the pitch they can carry on. You know what I mean? And it makes them understand mm-hmm. that there's a, you know, to mix it up. It don't matter how good that secondary pitch is. Like you said, it might not be even doing a whole lot, but it's something different. And it's making them understand the game of like, all right, I just threw in fastball here inside. I'm going to go something soft away. You know, just teaching them the game. That's what I like about it. It could, they could be terrible at throwing whatever their secondary pitch is, but you know, just those little things, um, makes a big deal them when they can throw that slider when they're 13 and 14 make them understand why why that gets the out exactly Chris, exactly especially that, for that, kids who so for kids who aren't throwing aren't yet to that curveball slider that kind of thing how effective can the changeup be to go along with a good fastball uh Honestly, like this, it goes again, is the age factor. You know, your, your hand, your hands aren't really big enough to throw a, cha- a true changeup. You know, in, until your hands are finished growing. You have some kids that have giant hands at younger ages, and they can start it sooner. But you know, you got to have pretty big hands to throw throw a good changeup anyway. You know, so uh, usually you can like have them get a two seam fastball grip. And just widen their fingers just a hair, not a split finger grip or anything like that, but a little wider with their fingers and a ball a little deeper in their hand and just fastball arm speed and the grip will slow it down. You know what I mean? That's what that's what they don't understand too. If they, they try to create pitches instead of just grabbing the grip and throwing the ball, it's gonna do its own thing, you know. And that, and that even goes goes along with the slider and the true change when they get older. Go do your lesson. I yeah. appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, sir. All right, what's up, guys? Uh, Dominique, I know you probably uh, – he left us, but he'll, he'll be back. Chris, you figured it out to get Later. off. Later. I'm getting we'll get you back. Bye. We'll Later, dude. Back. Hey, bull ball. See Love y'all. Bull ball. See you, buddy. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, and I'll let Charlie ask the questions. I wanted to just kind of roll in. So, we've got Donovan Shouse here. Um, I've known him since he was seven, eight years old, watched him play, coached him, um, you know, been pretty much part of his family and watching, watching him grow up, play baseball, all levels. Uh, he's our, he's our youngest, freshest off the field. Um, so I'm, I'm super pumped about having him on here. Uh, but he was also a catcher. So, you know, just like listening to Rayburn, you know, I know as an infielder, you know, some of the stuff that I did, and of course it was a long time ago, uh, but Donovan kind of talked to him about just, as a catcher, and I know you had arm issues, but what did you do to prepare for a season? And I'm going to add this, too, before you start. You also took off in your career uh, for a few months there and had to come back. So kind of talk about what you would normally do and then talk a little bit about uh, you coming back after taking off so long. Yeah, so uh, the big thing with me, like going into the season, getting ready for the season, I would come home and take – I don't know, a week or two off before there's just that winter break or that summer break. Summer usually a little bit longer, but uh, take a few weeks off, just kind of get my mind clear from baseball. Once I get back, the first few weeks are strictly uh, strength and mobility, getting loose, making sure my body's loose, and then I roll into kind of light sessions of hitting, light sessions of throwing, kind of getting myself loose into the game again. And then as the weeks go, you ramp it up, ramp it up until – you know, your college coaches, when you get back to get back to school after that break, you're in a squad and it's time to go get ready. You better be on your high horse. So, like, the last few weeks is kind of high speed, high moving things, fast moving, trying to get everything game ready for when you're getting back to, uh, getting back to school. That's kind of always been the preseason for me. I take that into my young guys, too. I have a couple young guys catching 10-11, and then I have a high schooler. It's constantly, before we do anything, it's stretching, mobility. Get your hips loose. Make sure everything's loose. A uh, ton of arm care. I'm huge. Catchers throw just as much as pitchers. Arm care. It's huge for me. And then uh, kind of taking the year off. <laughs> that was, uh, was a little unexpected. I decided kind of late in my recruiting after I entered the transfer portal that uh, I was just going to take the year off. Not knowing if I was going to get another chance. But uh, so I kind of got lazy on my – I just started working and didn't really do much baseball anymore. Once I got the call and got told, uh, it's kind of a shock. 
So I remember I was living down with uh, one of my best friends, and I made him never play baseball day in his life, get out in the yard, start throwing with me again, getting back into it. And it was a slow process. How I talk about taking a week off, there, there wasn't a week off for about seven and a half months because uh, I felt so behind. I had taken about four months off. But uh, once I got into it, it's kind of gotten better and then, you know, played really well in the fall and shoulder injury struck about the third game of the spring. Well, uh, Donovan, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about kind of your, your background, where you play, kind of where you're from and, and, uh, how you got there. Yeah. So, uh, born and raised Haysburg, uh, never really left here. Went to Forest County Agricultural uh, in Brooklyn. Was a late pickup. Uh, had a bunch of schools on me early. Couldn't really hit real well, and that don't really uh, go well with college coaches, but started hitting pretty good my junior year. Picked up my senior year even more, and uh, right before the season started my senior year, I got a couple more offers and fell in love with Meridian when I went up there. Ended up playing two years at Meridian. Went to Delta State. Things just didn't work out. And then uh, took the year off and went to West Alabama after that. Tell me, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, we talked about pitchers and everybody kind of focuses on the pitcher, but the catcher is the one who kind of has to manage all those personalities, all those different pitching styles, um, attitudes, just whatever it is. What's it like? to manage a pitching staff and what goes into kind of figuring out uh, those different guys. Yeah. Uh, that's actually talked about a lot in catching rooms. And when we meet up and we talk about pitchers and things, it's just, it's, you know, with your other teammates, you get kind of close with them and you just, you hang out and you do things. Pitchers, you've got to be with them. They're, uh, they're what we call the, the goofy guys on the team. They're, just you kind of got to be around them, get to know them, really know the personalities. If you got a pitcher that's a hothead and you know he is, it's different ways to talk to him if he's struggling with something that it is the funny guy that can just take all the criticism and kind of roll with it, you know, let things roll off his back. You just have to find your different personalities, match up with them, know that this is going on with them, this is going on with them, and be able to talk to them, break them down, really get to know your guys. Who uh, tell us tell us one of your favorite pitchers to work with? Can you remember any? Oh, oh, uh, probably. Let's see. I'd say uh, Keegan Westbrook played with him at Meridian, and uh, Davis Ferguson. Those are probably my two two big guys that I like to. Uh, work with the most. They're both actually two of my best friends now, but just hard guys. <clears throat> both of them. Keegan was probably 89-91, touching 92, and then Davis was the same. They both just pound the zone, good breaking balls, guys that you could just control, talk too easy. I really enjoyed working with them. Uh, another one was David Dunn. He was, he's a guy, he's from uh, Alabama, but Played with Mitt Meridian as well. He didn't throw as hard, but he was uh he was crafty. He was really really good locating wise. I loved working with him. He he was really fun to play with. So like Chancey said, we're doing preseason work right now. We're doing um, club training, which we're going to get into uh, here in just a little bit. When when Chancey and I are talking, he's going to tell us all about club training and what that means, what that is. But what is what are some things that young catchers can start working on, and then kind of what age do you really start to kind of notice who can who can play the position? Oh, I know I'd that say, was two questions in one. Yeah, I'd say uh, really the big thing with young catchers is making sure they're not scared back there. A lot of guys like me when I first got I got back there later. I was like. 12 the first time I caught. I played first and third, played the corners my whole life. Uh, first probably three or four innings, bat shy. Scared to death when they swung. I would close my eyes and just hope I caught the ball. Uh, making sure they're not scared of the ball and making sure they're not bat shy. Once you can get them out of that, it's, it's kind of 
fill out for receiving, fill out for hands, just kind of young guys. Heck, I got I got Nolan in there with me sometimes. He's just easy as can be. You got him receiving early in life, and he's already kind of figuring it out. Uh, youngest kid I've ever had, actually, like true lesson catching. He was seven, got him in, and I just showed him how to work the hands, and we done that until he was probably nine, and then we ramped it up into, all right, well, this is how we start transferring. This is how we start doing big boy things that are going to correlate into the game once you're getting ready for kid pitch. And uh, everything kind of progressed with that. You just progress off of how they uh, how they go and how they're picking up on things. And, you know, a lot of parents, they, uh, they'll notice if their kid's not picking up on it and they decide they don't want to be a catcher no more. And that's kind of – I deal with that a lot. Catcher's a tough spot. You get beat up a lot, and sometimes kids don't want to do that no more. Well, we do too. Um, I'm going to bring Dom in this conversation because um, he's a coach and uh, been been with our organization since we started and has kind of seen, seen in the last five years youth. And then also he, he coaches football over at Summerall and, and coaches in our um, high school prospect teams and, and, you know, uh, and just keeping the subject of catchers, I fuss about it all the time. Uh, a lot of people that follow me on here, they'll know Matt Culverson and, and he was my catching guy. He's up in St. Louis now with Prep Catcher Academy. And uh, that's where I learned uh, how to train young kids is, is up there. And, and um, coming down here, the difference of how many catchers and how much time they put in um, compared to there is, is unbelievable. Uh, there's only a handful. And Donovan's one of them. Uh, the other one's J.D. Harvey, who's getting a lot of attention right now as a sophomore. But I'm talking about just what you're talking about, just literally catching, receiving, just getting on a machine, sitting there, being able to catch. And I think a lot of it's like, how much do you like doing that? Or how much do you want to do that? You know, and sometimes I think kids um, get confused of like, oh, well, this is hard. So I don't like it anymore. You know, uh, of where like Donovan was talking about, he was scared, whatnot. But, you know, you gotta. You don't know if you like it or not unless you do it. You at least gotta try it. And and to try it, you gotta you gotta put in that time. You can't just show up and be a catcher. But it just it's not. We build teams around catchers. Um, so you know, I, I, I thought that was a cool point, Donovan. You just saying, you know, putting in the time and, and receiving, then then going into transfers and doing other stuff. Uh, we see it all the time. What what's your thing on that, Dom? Do you see that a lot in in your teams you coach? Um, honestly, my best teams, my catcher was probably top two or top three. For instance, last year I had a catcher who's going to be coming through the ranks, Andrew Kelly. He was unreal back there, which made life a lot easier for us. Um, and then when you don't have that catcher back there, it's a game changer. Like, they they make or break teams most of the time. At all levels. At yeah. all levels. It don't matter. At, at any age. Yeah. Yeah, so for all three of you, uh, and you can all kind of take turns answering, but, you know, Donovan, you said you were – you played first and third. You were kind of a, a corner infield guy up until you started catching. Just from a coach's perspective – what do you? What are you looking for when you when you see that first foot, that first baseman, that third baseman, and you say, "Hey, I I want to try that kid at catcher." What are you looking for um, that tells you that? I'll go with. Because I've done it before. Uh, I, I mentioned JD Harvey. I talked to his daddy probably uh, once a week. He'll call me and keep me updated with him. But when JD was nine. Um, there was definitely something about him. Um, he had so just on the physical uh, point, he had really good hips, uh, hitting and fielding ground balls. I could see it. Uh, had a really good arm action. It was quick. Um, and then he was also the smartest kid on the field. Uh, he, was, he was very competitive. And um, so one day I let him borrow a mitt and and just threw to him a little bit and it looked pretty good and he liked it. And I told him, I said, well, congrats. You got your catcher there. 
He's like, you think he's going to be a catcher? At the time, he was a little bit maybe chunky, you would call it. Uh, but I knew that would come out, and he, he was going to be thicker. But I did not know he'd look like he does today. But uh, he's one example, and, I, and it's happened a lot. But um, I look for the, that toughness, that want, that competitiveness, um, you know, some some physical attributes. You know, if a kid's got a terrible arm action and you know you can't – I mean, you know, I'm not talented enough as an instructor to fix him. Um, then, you know, we might need to do something else. Uh, but uh, if he's got some of those points and, and really wants it, then we're going to put some gear on him and see how far it goes. Donovan, um, and Donovan, y'all have anything to add to uh, to that? Yeah, I'll uh, kind of backpack off that. Oh, you, uh, uh, that was kind of a thing with me and what I see in guys like, I mean, we had a guy at Delta State never caught in his life and I was kind of the same way playing first but he was our third baseman took about three or four off the chest took one off the mouth and coach you you want to put some gear on like I see it in you and I was like okay this and then he was actually not bad but that's how I was at first you know it's just you see it early on with with young kids if they have a high baseball IQ it's going to show early it's going to show you know eight nine years old they're picking up on things that other eight nine year olds aren't picking up on they're they're picking up on how the game's moving, fast parts of the game that some kids are too ADHD and ADD to pick up on. I mean, these kids are staying locked in when other kids are playing with flowers and stuff. You know, they're learning the game, and you have that leadership role, and that's a big thing with catchers. You know, you you see everybody. Everybody don't everybody everybody sees you. You know, that's that's and then just the tough part. I mean, it's just you've got to be tough to be back there. It's it sucks. Nobody just loves it and wants. I mean, it's just you got to be tough and you have to make yourself fall in love with that spot. And uh, that's that's kind of where I enjoyed it the first time. I didn't get beat up too much. And about the third and fourth time when I was getting beat up, I was like, man, it's, I'm going to have to work at this one. And, you know, it kind of come along with working at it. But. John, what you think? Um, They both touched on pretty much what I was going to say. Like, yeah, you had the hard part. I made you go after they already threw that stuff out it's there. It's all good. Uh, but having the quick hips, um, and then Donovan touched on somebody that's, like, willing to do the dirty work. Like, you don't find a lot of kids that are willing to do that dirty. They see all the other stuff through social media. Like, not everybody falls in love with blocking balls and not getting acknowledged for a lot of things. Like, I had one last year. He was probably one of the grittiest players I've come in contact with, and we put gear on him, and now he's catching for junior high. Like, and he had never really caught before. It happens. It ain't interesting. Huh? It's a, yeah. It happens. It's not all about pop time. Yep. And but he Yeah, it's really interesting what Chancey said. Time. Go ahead, Donald. Sorry. Go ahead. No, he was just, like, you want somebody that's – a gritty guy that's all about winning. And it's interesting what Chancey said about you can see it when they're hitting too. You know, there's some there's some things that show up even in the swing and and the way their body moves there that you can kind of notice. Hey, look, this kid this kid might be able to do this. Oh yeah. So. The, the old days of, or the old kind of ideology of just put your biggest kid back there and let him play catcher. That's that's not the uh, it's not the way it actually works, huh? No, not, not at all. No, not even close. I mean, the the body type has definitely changed throughout the years. You know, you might have a short, stocky guy, or you might uh, have, uh, uh, you know, I'm a Rangers fan. Jonah Heim, six four and lanky, switch hitter. Uh, but he's a really good defensive catcher. Uh, he can hit too, but he's a really good defensive catcher. And, uh, you know, it's, a, I mean, it, it, it's definitely changed throughout the years. It's more like what the guys have been saying, uh, just that mental aspect, you know, and, and, and willingness, willingness. And, and to me, that goes into want to. Like, how bad do you want to catch? You know, uh, that, and, and plus with that, to me, uh, it's, it's a huge resume builder. You know, there's so many colleges that uh, need catchers because they're hard to find. And, and I just, uh, like I said, I've through the through the years, there's only been a handful of guys that's like put in the true work that 
that you know that it, it needs to be to be a catcher. And every one of them is going to go play. Uh, either have already went and played college. Hunter Estes was one of them, and he he'll tell you if he was on here, I'd probably get him on here. He was not very good. He threw sixty five miles an hour, but he put in enough work to get us up better. Uh, he didn't always catch in college, but it, it gave him an opportunity to, you know. So, and there's a there's a bunch of kids coming like that. Uh, said, no, not a bunch of them, a handful of them. I wish there was more. So to round out kind of our coach uh, history's introductions, and then we'll talk about club training because I want all of your opinions on that. But Dominique Griffiths is with us as well. You've, you've already heard from him. But I do want you, Dominique, to tell us a little bit about where you come from because you've done a lot of different things. You've been a lot of different places, um, played college baseball. I mean, you, you've done a lot of stuff. So tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of where how you got here. Um, so I'm from Summerall, born and raised. Uh, Played baseball at Summerall High School. Um, won state championships my sophomore, junior, and senior year. Um, was a part of the number one team in the nation and a record of 67 wins uh, while I was there. Uh, 67 wins straight. Um, from there, I did one year of JUCO at Cahoma Community College and then went to Alcorn State and played. Um, after that, uh, I mean, I went into the Army after graduating, uh, did a, a contract there, and bumped into this guy, Tanchi, uh, through mutual mutual friends. Dr. Rogers. Dr. Rogers. She's going to give credit. I promise you. <laughs> so I just, as a matter of fact, I bumped into Charlie and uh, right. Dr. Rogers. Um, down yep, there at, the Baptist, right. uh, at the uh, the Children's Baptist Village or something like that, right? Baptist Children's uh, Village, yeah. Where I was working a mental health job, and she threw the op opportunity out there, and Chancey calls me like an hour later, like, "Hey, you willing to do it?" And I was like, "Yeah." So that's how I. That's basically how I ended up here. I love the game. Yeah, that's great. It was an opportunity to work with kids, so. Yeah, Dom was Dom was great with uh, with our kids um, at my my place of employment, and uh, and that was you know it was interesting to me, Dom, that you you would use the baseball um, avenue and the athletic avenue to get through to a lot of the kids that um, we weren't you know that weren't into that really, but you were able to kind of make it fun for them and get them to open up. So that was that was always really cool to see. I would always. Um, Oh yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I would just uh try to pull from whatever interest they had, honestly. And if that was an interest, that was easy for me to go back to. So So Dom, you were a little different. You were you were outfielder, lefty, um kind of speedster guy, right? Big time. Uh so I was your do a job guy, speed guy. Um make sure you make plays i wasn't the highlight guy so to speak i, I was so we talked about yeah so we talked about and i really i wanted you to say that because that's that's where i wanted to go we talked about um chancy talked about you know seeing different different positions and and being versatile donovan talked about that as well different kids you see they can go play a different position you were a get it done kind of guy Tell me, because every kid wants to play shortstop, right? What, how important is it for a coach, as all three of you are, to have guys who are willing to do a lot of different things? Um, that makes life easy, honestly. Like, it's it's hard when you got guys that strictly feel like they play one position. Um, but when you have guys at least a handful of guys that are just like coach i'll play wherever you put me that that makes that makes life so much easier for you as a coach and you can really maneuver things how you do whenever it's like i need to get a guy playing time here or let me see this guy develop over here see what he does um because you as i tell mine you never know what you're going to be until you get to probably late junior high or high school uh, really after high school, 
because you you need to be fluent in any at any position. You know what I mean? Yeah, you never know what that team needs you. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously being left-handed, being left-handed, you're limited uh, on positions. But you know, you need to, you know, as you get older, that the outfield positions, all three of them have a different role a lot of times uh knowing what what that role is and uh, and and you're right that that's a that's a huge thing because it you could be your high school's best shortstop but you might play right field in college i ran into uh fisher norris i'm gonna plug him a little bit because we talked about this um he uh he's a financial advisor now but he played at southern miss and when he was 16 i let him play up on the 17u team i was coaching and uh, he was a third baseman and a good one at a 3A school, and um, but not that good, not D1 good And uh, as a third baseman. Now, a sucker could hit. He could run. He ran a 6'9", had a cannon. I said, hey, buddy, uh, you can go to right field next inning because that's where you're going to play in college. And he's an old country boy. He was like, what, coach? I ain't never played no outfield now because he's always been the best player on his team ever. And uh, sure enough, he told me. I just went and saw him last week. I'm going to get him on here, too. And he said, you sure enough told me I was going to play right field, and that's right where I was. And I said, well, that's how it works out. You need to get some reps there. That's why I put you out there when you were 16. And he threw a guy out that day. It was at Millsaps. Anyway, I didn't mean to butt in, but it made me think of that. Well, no, no, that question was for everybody. I wanted I wanted everybody's opinion, so I'm glad you, you did that um, because I heard you tell the guys at club training last week that I know our our age group, you told them the highest paid guys in the major leagues are not shortstops. They're not pitchers. They're not catchers. They're outfielders. They're all outfielders. You can do the top three paid guys as all outfielders. Yeah. Yeah. You got your Mike Trouts. You got your, I mean, you said, you know, Shohei's a DH, but Shohei is an outfielder. You got all those guys that are outfielders. Yep. Yep. You got Acuna and, and, Bets and all those guys. bets who can play everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's yeah. he's also ranked the top second baseman. <laughs> well, some people are just yeah, different, the they're right? different. They're different. Donovan Donovan had to do the same thing. I mean, even his last two years of college, uh, and he can add on that. He had the. I mean, catchers don't catch every game. It's impossible. But to keep them in the lineup, if you want to stay in the lineup, obviously you can DH. But if you can play first base or third base too, that helps. What you think, Donovan? Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> we actually my freshman year at Meridian, uh, probably a week before the season, our catcher towards Labrum sliding into second, and uh, they told me you you got to catch every game, all right. And then about midway through, he was like, I think I can throw here and there. I was hitting really well, and coach said, Where else can you play? So I can play the infield. He went, all right. Well, that inner squad, he stuck me in right field. And I was like, all right, this isn't what I was expecting. I played right field, and then he moved me into first, and he kind of let – he hit me some fungo. Let me, and then I was – every time that other catcher needed to catch or could catch, he let me play first, and it was keeping me in the lineup. And it's just having that kind of expansion where you can play other positions. Delta State, when they offered me, they told me, you know, we want you to catch a lot, but, you know, could we stick you somewhere else? Could you play first? I know you did at Meridian. Went to West Alabama and I played third and first a little bit over there too in the fall. So it's it's kind of you always look for guys that can kind of expand their horizons on where they can help the team best. If you hit and you got somebody that's better defensively in front of you, go find somewhere else to play. It's important being open to doing that, right? Being willing to do that is important, no doubt. Um, so Chancy. I know we've, we've mentioned several times club training, right? And so this is something that not many organizations are doing. I know you kind of brought it from, from somewhere else uh, that you were, but tell us what club training is. I know you compared it the other day to spring training. Tell us what it is and why you feel like it's so important. So, yeah, it's, it is our spring training. So, you know, uh, the pro guys, they've got to go to pre-training, uh, spring training to prepare um, their their bodies, their minds, their everything uh, for the upcoming long season. So with that, I mean, it's a lot of basic stuff. I had two stepbrothers that, that play pro ball, and I, I got the opportunity to go to spring training and watch a lot of that stuff. And it amazes you how simplistic it is. 
that they do every day. It's just creating that routine in their bodies. And, uh, and so uh, when I worked in St. Louis, uh, I was with the Missouri prospects and uh, at the time, Jerry Daniels was the owner and, and, um, and they'd done a thing called club training. That was one of my jobs when I got there as an instructor coach uh, was go do club training. Uh, so it was, it was a little different. Um, you know, there's a lot of stations and just prepare and just little stuff, you know, it's kind of like you can make it your own. Uh, we used chili uh, last time I'll use it again. You know, um, it, it was, it was just, uh, you can, you, you can put any station, you can put any situations that you feel like you need to work on. I've done it this year. I changed some of the stuff we did last year and replaced it with something this year. So what we do is we so we've got sixteen teams, uh, fourteen of them are running through club training, and uh, and then on top of that, our prospects we do have a, a prospects open time for them, um, but we run three teams at a time usually uh, on a on a quad on a uh, it's not a quad in summer all we have three fields but. Um, I have an instructor on each field. We have a station dedicated for that um, for that instructor. So, you know, Donovan's been helping us. Dominique's been helping us. Rayburn's been helping us. Um, you know, we've done anything from working on relays to uh, uh, teaching kids how to catch glove side and get rid of it, um, to base running, to outfield, um, to catching and tagging, uh, something, you know, as an organization we're terrible at. So, I wanted to put that in there, and um, and then we do situations. Every week is a different situation. And to me, as a, for team club training, for coaches club training, this is the most important part just because um, travel baseball is destroyed. So it, so if somebody edited this, they'll, they'll take this and, like, make it a meme. But travel baseball has destroyed <laughs> the game of baseball. And when I say that, I'm, I'm saying the game itself. Um, to where you can have a you can have three guys that throw hard and three guys that can hit hard and three guys that can run fast and win a bunch of games, but it means nothing. Mm-hmm. It means nothing at all. We we I've played some horrible teams and miserable in the dugout. Just like I know they're bad, but I, they're going to beat us because they're faster, stronger, whatever. And you know, my parents, my kids, my my. Uh, you know, look at their, you know, credit their, their, that team of being good. And they're not good. They're not good. Most of those kids won't even play high school baseball, definitely not playing college baseball. And so it takes away the game part. So I want to make sure in club training that, you know, we're doing cutoffs, right? Pitchers are backing up every little thing that they're going to do when they get to high school or should do. Some high schools are not, you know, doing it, but uh, are not teaching it. But definitely, if they want to go play college, they have to know how to play baseball. They know have to know the game. There's certain things that have to be done on the field for it to work, for you to be any good. And when they get to junior high and they know how to do these things, and I've talked to a lot of high school coaches, and they, they'll tell me. I know one in particular went to the junior high meeting and said, look, if you're not part of an organization or travel ball team that does stuff, uh, we can tell a difference when you do. Please go try to find something. Because uh, that's where you learn. They just don't play enough. There's not enough time for high school coaches to develop a seventh, eighth grader. They better be ready to go these days. Um, and so that's one way. I mean, that's what we're for. And that's what I want people to understand, too, that, you know, club ball, and there's several organizations around us on the coast, definitely in Jackson, and we all do something different, you know. But um, most of them, have, you know, they want to – they want to prepare kids. Um, we all do it differently. Some people like one way or the other, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. As long as they're trying to prepare and the kid and the parents understand, hey, th- that's what this is for and that's what we're for. We're the extra. You know, we're, we're not competing against school ball. We won't – when kids perform in high school, that makes us look good, trust me. So that's what we push for is, like, they show up. I want the coach bragging on like, man, that kid knows what he's doing. You know, he knows how to double cut. He knows how to do – uh, bunk coverages. He knows how to do all this stuff. And, you know, I, I, I love to be able to show him that, you know, as an organization. Yeah. You're hitting on, you're hitting on something I was going to say. So I'm, I'm little Jackson's dad, right? Jackson's my son. I'm little Jackson's dad. And I come to you and I say, why are we working on double cuts? Why are we working on turning glove side? 
Um, we won 30 tournaments last year. Why, why are we doing this and not hitting and fielding? Why are we working on these little things? What's, what's the response to that? Yeah. So yeah, that's, I mean, I'll lead it and boys, if y'all want to, uh, throw it in, but, um, you know, we go, I go to these showcases, I go to a high school game and I might be, be recruiting for my team or, or just even going to watch one of our players. And, Boy, you can tell, you know, when, when kids look different, they just look different They because they do little things right. It's not because they're faster, stronger, anything. They just do little things right. And, you know, it's the way I was coached. Coach Bray was little things, little things, little things uh, to the end, end of the world with me. But um, it, it maybe, you know I, know, I know a bunch of coaches that that's what they look for when they're recruiting. Um and it's and it's noticeable. It's uh, it's almost like a beauty pageant. Like, oh, this one knows how to walk. This one, knows, you know, all that. It's it's part of it. You know, you, he just looks like he knows what he's doing, and it makes a it makes a big difference. I've, I played with uh, uh, a bunch of guys that physically uh, were, and I was one of them. But physically, uh, you know, wasn't top of the charts. You know, but did little things right. Tough whatever the case may be. And, and I know Dom was like that, like he was talking about doing a job guy, you know, well, you, to do a job, you got to know a job, you know what I mean? So you can't just say, Oh, there, we get several try hard kids, but it's not just about trying hard. You got to try hard in the right direction. So yeah, that's to answer that that's showing Jackson, Hey, this is what it looks like. And then, you know, and take pride in, in looking good like this, you know, yeah, so and, – and I know you've done some high school coaching. I know, Dom, you've been around high school. You do some high school coaching, middle school coaching as well. How – what goes through a coach's mind when a kid shows up at middle school practice and he knows what a double cut is? And he knows um, – you know, we talk about catching. He's he's blocked balls before instead of just getting back there and throwing hard to second base. Like what – what does that do to a coach and where does that put that player kind of on the, the status bar um, when he knows how to do those things when he shows up versus the ones who won 30 tournaments every summer, but all they did was hit and throw. Well, me personally, uh, I'm not even going to get off on the tangent of how I'm just upset with middle school baseball in general. Anyway, <laughs> I, like, that's been a thing for me for the last couple of years. I can't stand middle school baseball because it doesn't seem like they're getting anything out of it. And they should. Like, it's almost like they put a babysitter with them and tell them, hey, just go play baseball. And a lot of them are getting their instruction from their travel teams or their travel coaches or their organizations. Um, but when a guy shows up there for high school, and he it clicks already, and the coach doesn't have to be on him. I've seen it like they they fall in love with him, fall in love with guys that already know what to do because they don't have to get on to him. Then they can manage their time uh, elsewhere because they know this guy's going to be in the right place at the right time. If that makes sense, does that cover and and I, Chancey, I know you got thoughts on this too, and Donovan probably does too, but does that cover up for some lack of? ability you know maybe not the most athletic kid most not definitely. the hardest thrower but this kid knows where to be and what to do does that how much does that cover up for lack of necessarily ability oh yeah God. you go I mean, at the end of the day that coach wants to get wins yeah and if so, a guy is talented but can't get you there for that win they need somebody that's going to do it correctly yeah and it, it happens all the time and and you know uh i'll, I'll let uh, i'm gonna segue Donovan in on it because he's our freshest player. Um, but there's always a, a baseball pyramid. You know, when you start at T-ball, let's see if I can get it on the screen here. You know, it starts wide and goes up and, and you know, you, you eliminate yourself and it could be from – There you go. It's the same, still the same size. But anyway, okay. small to big, you know what a pyramid is. Um, yes. So, um, and, uh, you know, as you get to the top pro ball, um, you – you eliminate yourself and, and it could be from just pure talent could be from uh, mental toughness could be from anything, but on the younger levels, it's, 
it's knowing how to play baseball, bottom line. And uh, now not saying that, you know, we, we find a, uh, a kid, you know, at the local rec ball league that just born throwing gas that we can't help develop that, but he needs to know what he's doing. I've seen that happen before, but I know just to segue into Donovan, since he's our freshest player, uh, he's probably played with guys that had ton of talent that didn't make it because of not wanting to play the game. And he just wanted to be a baseball player, but not play baseball in a sense. You know what I mean? And, and, um, you can kind of add to that if you've seen that, Donovan. Yeah. I mean, kind of goes a lot with – I mean, we had guys that I played with at every school I've been to that the talent was crazy and we thought they had it. And then, you know, it's small things they do that kind of hold them back, small things they don't do. And then you have guys that I, – I mean, I played with a couple guys didn't have – crazy amount of talent even myself i wasn't just overly talented overly athletic overly able to do these things just worked i I was taught even my junior college coach preached on it i've heard it my whole life it's the little things it's the little things do the little things right do the little things right and once you kind of clip on those little things really focused in on those little things the big thing comes together and that's kind of that's how i've seen it happen a lot with guys you know not the most talented they they focus on the little things on their on their time, and it, it turns into one big thing. As we start to kind of wrap this up, go ahead, Chancey. You got another thought? I was saying no doubt, and I will add to it before you start wrapping it up. Uh, you know, uh, seeing those guys like that, it, it's it's sometimes gets sad in the ones that don't want to, uh, you know, really really do this. You know, and they're that talented, and like Donna was talking about us that's has you know on the lower end of talent maybe but the work has got us where we are we just wish we had a speck of it you know we had a speck of it but that's that's the way this game is what makes it beautiful and and uh that any shape and size really really can play and it's about how bad you want it you know and and uh and that's it starts now that's what this preseason prep you know it's cold out there them kids are cold and High schools are doing it. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of the guys. Dads are cold too. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of guys are leaving for spring training. Now they won't be cold because they get to go to cool places. But um, you know, it's this time of the year. And it's it's beautiful and it's and you know I, I get excited. I start you know I, I trim my beard up. I, I start getting in baseball mode and and uh, it, it gets exciting. So uh, so go ahead and do your 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 thing and yeah so. So I was just going to say, as we kind of start to wrap it up, I'll start with uh, with Dominique. And Dominique, and I'll ask all of you this whenever, you know, one at a time. But Dominique, two questions. One, any final thoughts? But then two, what's one thing you would tell a young baseball player to be working on, to be focusing on? Um, what What's important for, for those kids going forward? Um, oh. That's a good question. I mean, final thoughts. I mean, that would tie in with what, I mean, you're talking about in the second question. Um, I would be working on learning the game for those young guys, knowing what to do, when to do it. Um, and then the we talked about the middle school, like commit to like doing something every day. Commit to doing something. It doesn't have to be one thing all week do something related to the game every day. Like take the time is like get off the game for a little bit and go do something related to your passion. Are you telling me video games get in the way of baseball training sometimes? Come on now. <laughs> Donovan. We know Donovan, that. how about you, man? Oh, I mean, even at, at the young kids age and things, my, my biggest thing I say is perfect the craft the the things that you're not the best at perfect your craft the little things focus on the things that you might struggle with i mean work on the things you're good at still but the things that you're not so good at perfect that perfect it make it the best thing you can be one of my best friends joe gray he's with the royals now i mean it's i've gotten a train with him even now that i'm not playing anymore i still go help him with things and it's 
he finds the smallest the smallest little tweak in his swing or he finds this little thing that he's doing and it's it's he's going to perfect it until all right he can work on that just for a little time every day and then find something else to perfect i mean i get to see it every day and it's that's he's been doing it since we were i mean little bitty he eight years old we go hit in the cage nine to ten o'clock at night and it was he was picking up on something and I'll say at young age, old age, it's always going to be the same thing, perfect the craft. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll get Joe on here. I know Joe. I've interviewed Joe before. I've, I called some of Joe's state championship games when he was in high school. I called him on the radio. So uh, so we'll uh, we'll get Joe on here, too. He's he's a lot of fun to interview. Yeah, he's good. He's a good interviewee. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Chancey, your turn, man. Final yeah. thoughts and kind of what do kids need to be working on? Yeah, so, so rolling off – both of those guys, um, you know, Dom hit it nail on the head, try to do something every day. Uh, we, we done a prospect, uh, workout Sunday and, and, uh, I threw to him uh, a little bit and you could just tell someone hitting, you know, and, uh, here's the deal. If, you, if you're a position player and you hit, you got to hit, bro. You can't take off hitting. Ask Donovan. It's hard. It's hard to take a few weeks off, man. You got to, you got to hit all the time. Hitters hit, you know, uh, the Texas A&M coach uh, said last ABCA meeting, hitters that hit often, hit often. And, I mean, just take that. I mean, go to the cage, find a cage. You need to have a, have a nice facility. You know, when the sun gets out, I know it's been cold, but, man, go go find a rec ball cage and a bucket of balls. Uh, find a buddy that likes doing it. Uh, you know, times has definitely changed because we would – that's what we would do. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd get out there and – and throw each other BP, but that that's what I say. And the same thing with throwing Rayburn hit it down on the head. You gotta throw, man. You got you gotta work on that. You're not gonna throw strikes if you don't practice throwing. It just don't work. So bullpens, flat grounds, long tossing, whatever. Uh, if you got school ball, know what you're doing at school ball and what know what you're not doing. You know, if you just do what you're doing at school ball, junior high kids, high school kids, then you, you you're not going to be better than any guy next to you. You, you're, you know, if you want to be better, you got to do that. So this time of the year, you better turn it on. And, and um, on the closing thoughts, I want to thank everybody for sure. This first one, little ups and downs, trying to figure this thing out. We'll get better and better at it for sure. Uh, uh, so we're working on, uh, looks like uh, you've got the prospect uh, logo up there. So um, our bulls prospect, we're, we're putting together teams right now. If you're interested, um, and joining a, uh, our 16 and 17, you will be sending out invites soon. Um, we're, we'll be doing a normal showcase schedule during the summer. Um, so they're, we're, they're going to be our first sponsor this week. So that I'll, I'll plug them since that's me. Uh, but we will be uh, getting some more sponsors. So if you know anybody that, that wants to um, jump on, we'll be putting together little packages for that. I've got a few buddies that, that are interested and we're going to have them on as guests and, and we'll push it out there. It's a lot of fun. Um, I, if you keep me seeing, looking this way, I'm, I got my phone. I'm not going to be able to get it in, in the camera, but I've got my phone here looking at Instagram. And we've had on and off a bunch of people, and, and they're, they're still in here. I see Matt Eddins and uh, Caleb Bradley. That's uh, my buddy. Uh, he was my shortstop in high school, played at Faulkner State. Uh, he owns an insurance company, and uh, I'm going to get him on here. Um, uh, Stan Giger, he, uh, he, I coached his son forever, McKinley, uh, and Brooke Bowden. She married a baseball player, Bo Barry. I went to college with Brooke. Uh, so just naming a few I see right here at the end. I appreciate you guys following in. Uh, be sure to uh, comment and, and uh, like Charlie said, when you, you shared it, make fun of us, whatever you want to do. It don't, it don't matter <laughs> to us. Uh, we're, we're pretty thick skinned and, and we'll have fun with it and we'll uh, answer any questions and, um, you know, each guest uh, we have on is going to kind of be in a different deal. You know, these, uh, these guys we had today were, you know, I call them my guys, but they are my guys. I love them. And, and they help us, you know, as an organization role and, and, um, and understand that this podcast is not just about bull baseball. Even though it's, you know, it, we, we're here, but uh, we love all baseball players and, and we, we have an open line of communication with all all teams. You know, we're not in a political race here uh, with baseball. We we want all the kids to get better and 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 um, you know have our high schools, our local high schools, uh, filling them full of, of ready and prepared young baseball players as they come along. And, and you know, we're maybe a, be a little part of that. So uh, I know that's why why I'm in the business. I enjoy that part of it, and 
enjoy, uh, you know, seeing kids like yours, Charlie, uh, get better and better. And it pumps me up, you know, so, uh, so I, I appreciate it again, everybody tuning in. Yeah, we do. We've got a Facebook page. I'll, uh, we'll try to upload this on there. I tried to go live there, but, uh, it's still a work in progress, but we were live on Instagram and on YouTube on bull baseball YouTube as well. Eventually we'll move this over to its own platform. But uh, and really appreciate you guys watching. I apologize for the technical difficulties at the beginning. Uh, this was episode one. We thought we had all that figured out, but we didn't. But I will say, guys, once we kick Chris off of here, it's been smooth sailing ever since. Hey. Uh, well, this is probably the most we ever have. So not not bashing yeah. Chris, but you know, two at a time usually uh, be what we do. Uh, but I wanted to get everybody kind of first episode kickoff. Uh, Chris is a lot of fun, but yeah, maybe only uh, eight minutes instead of 10 uh, sometimes, but we love him. I posted, um, I had Dom and Donovan's um, Instagram uh, handles at the bottom, but uh, if you guys want training, you want lessons, go through uh, Defenders Academy or Bull Baseball. We can, we can hook you up with all those guys, get some lessons done, that kind of stuff. I appreciate everybody being here. Chance, you got something else? Yeah, I was just going to do, give a shout out to Cub. He just came on, and we're going to get Matt. Hey, Cole. Cub! Yeah, Prep Catcher Academy. <laughs> Go follow him if you, if you don't. We're going to get him on here too. Uh, we might not have to have the mute button uh, ready. Though. <laughs> yeah, we have to have the dump the dump button for him, like yeah. a little delay. Do do a little that sound works. effect. We do have sound effects. Do a sound effect, John. Oh, All right, yeah, we got sound effects. Let's see. This is uh, if you want to laugh at us. Give him a horn. Yeah, here's, here's the air horn. There we go. All right, we can end it. Yeah, y'all gonna need All that right. one. Come on. Oh yeah, to to edit him. Yeah, gotcha. All right. I appreciate all you guys. Thank you very much. This has been the Small Ball Podcast. I'm Charlie Rogers. He's Chancey Rogers, Dominique Griffith, Donovan Shiles, Chris Rayburn. Appreciate all of you. And we will see you next week. Tune in. Be looking for uh, looking for a time, probably around the same time, hopefully. But uh, be checking in with us. Thank you all. Good night. Thank you. See ya. Yeah.